Hey, hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another exciting episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And if you're a fan of the Central Division of either the American League or the National League, uh, you had a light time watching the fall frenzy. I'm stealing a phrase from Rick Sutcliffe. Yes, he said something worthwhile and may have been the only broadcaster. Was there anybody worse than Chipper Jones, one of the best hitters in the history of the game? Man, oh man, send that guy back to broadcast school. We'll have a little more on the broadcast crew later on, but the Central Division went 0 and 0 for 7. Yeah, mediocrity showed up. So, you know, were you a fan of the playoffs? Some people were, some people weren't. Uh, did you ever watch Home Run Derby when you were a kid? That would be a contemporary of mine. Home Run Derby was in the off season, and it was a way for Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Ted Williams, Ted Klazuski, some of these bombers to make a little money in uh, the off season by going either to uh, Florida or I think some were filmed in Cuba because there was Cuban baseball back on the air when I was growing up, and that was great in the offseason. Again, you could uh, tune in and you could see a little bit of the Cuban baseball, which, you know, this was before the Bay of Pigs, before John F. Kennedy, before uh, the aborted effort to overthrow the Castro regime. How's that for a little... Historical note, back to baseball. Um, I was a little critical of some of the uh, uh, format, and I thought my criticism was uh, uh, borne out because I think that uh, for my, I guess I could call this an opening monologue. I don't know. Everybody that has a radio show has a monologue. A TV has a monologue. I really don't prep for the monologue, but I will say that there are a couple things that I did not like. Uh, number one, I didn't like the whole season. Number two, when there are no fans, it sucks. I don't care. You can you can go into La La Land all you want, but without any fans there, it's just extended spring training. They got to the pot of gold uh, that we discussed last week, and we discussed back when they started this exercise. They're playing for the playoff money, and yeah, they get earned. They get it. They get it. I guess they get Ernie Johnson or B.A. Anderson, you know, B.A., Brian Anderson from the Brewers as broadcasters for the next round. But anyway, let's talk about the first uh, round that they called wild card uh, playoffs. And again, as I pointed out over and over again, uh, you know, beat a dead horse. That's a funny, not a funny phrase, but it's what I'm doing with this playoff format because the wildcard teams didn't play each other. They seeded each other, which was a fallacy because the Central Division was in there. There was only one other team in baseball that lost that was out of the Central Division, and that's only because seven teams from the Central Divisions made it. The National League, <laughs> this is great. You know, this just shows... Look, I'm glad nobody really got too sick. I'm glad that the Marlins and the Cardinals came, overcame all their uh, whatever they did to get it. But if you look at statistics at all, and I do only because this is the lighter side of baseball, and some of these statistics were funny. For example, I picked the Cincinnati Reds to go to the World Series, I think, and play the Tampa Bay Rays. 
maybe I had the Reds losing to the Dodgers. I can't remember, but I was really, really, really high. And for the matter of fact, Craig Kashan, who will join the show later this week, uh, Craig and I um, took, originally we figured out how many upsets we thought. Craig thought there'd be four. I thought there'd be three. Um, and then we got down to naming the upsets, and Craig won that battle. I was 500 on my predictions. I had the uh, uh, White Sox winning over the A's, I believe. I had the Reds winning, and I had the um, uh, a few other things that we'll talk about. Things, things. But uh, the back to the Central. If you look at the statistics, and we'll get into the home runs in a minute, there were not very many runs. There were 38 games, okay? There were a total of 38 games by my count. Uh, In those uh, games, there were 39 home runs and 134 RBIs, and most of the runs uh, came as a result of home runs. So 134 RBIs and 39 home runs, that's, um, by my math, about a third of the hits were home runs. And of those home runs, they knocked in most of the runs. But here's here's some funny, funny statistics from the Central Division of the National League. My team, I picked the Cubs over the Marlins. (laughs) You know, not many games went to three. Let's see, the White Sox went to three and the Cardinals went to three. Other than that, I think it was just two and out. It, it, was, a, it was not entertaining. It was slow. Some of the games were four hours long. The announcing was absolutely the worst. And they need to do something. You know, Manfred says, well, we're only going to have 14 teams. Today. We don't want to have a regular season, assuming there's a vaccine, and they have a regular season. We're not going to have a regular season where there are more than half the teams that get in, and it's too, uh, they can't do um, uh, expansion here before next season. And then they're going to have a stoppage. There's a huge battle brewing over the next contract between the players and MLB. So 21, if they don't lock them out, which I predicted, I haven't heard anybody else predict that lockout. I predict a lot of things, some good, some bad. But anyway... As I said, I was 500 with my predictions in the wild card. Uh, this next round we'll get to in a little bit. And then uh, we'll revisit all this when we have Craig Kashan, who is far more organized and very, very popular with our listeners. Oh, my God, they love Craig. They love Craig, and for good reason. I mean, this guy uh, ought to have a gig doing play-by-play all the time. He's so good. He's so thorough. And he is... Um, you know, he lives and dies with the brew crew, and and that's the way it ought to be with broadcasters. Um, at any rate, the uh, what I was going to talk about a few minutes ago, and I I still can remember some things, and I remember that I was going to talk about two things. One being the RBIs by the National League Central. Okay, <laughs> this is great. Um, the Cardinals, who for some reason seemed to be stimulated by COVID-19. They did great. Uh, They scored 16 runs, which was the most scored by anybody in the National League Central, and in fact, anybody that came from any Central Division. 
Should we eliminate the Central Division? I mean, these guys played each other. So the format for the year was a joke. The Central played the Central of American and National, so they didn't have to travel much. You know, but really, the Cubs traveling out to uh, Pittsburgh, give me a break. I mean, that's why not go to New York or Atlanta? It was stupid. And it showed up because mediocrity, playing mediocrity, a mediocre team's going to win. Did you get that? I'm not sure what the name of that is, but if you have a crappy team, play another crappy team. One of the crappy teams is going to win, and that happened a lot. So anyway, the Cardinals led the playoff, even though they lost. They scored the most runs of anybody else in any central division. The Cardinals scored 16 runs. The next biggest run-producing Central Division team in the National League, the Milwaukee Brewers. And in two games against the Dodgers, they scored twice. Twice. Their run output, two. The Cubs, everybody goes, you know, I've been saying since 2017, the Cubs hitting has sucked. And even in the, in the World Series year, 2016, you can go back and check the statistics. They frigging sucked hitting, clutch hitting, hitting with runners in scoring position in 2016. Everybody goes, oh, come on, you're full of baloney. They won the World Series. They were powerful. They were potent. They had great, they had some pretty good hitting, but it wasn't particularly timely and it got worse as the year went on. So they, after they win the World Series with Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras and Schwarber came back and did heroic uh, things in the 2016 World Series. God love him. That was that was the highlight of his feeble, mediocre career. And nobody tries harder than Kyle Schwarber, but dude was trade bait, and uh, that bait is <laughs> getting pretty ugly. Anyway, what were we talking about? The Cubs this year with Theo directing how they're going to hit. Because Theo, if you'll recall in 2017, for you Cub fans out there, and I've talked about this before, and Theo ought to be gone. Ricketts doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to pull the trigger, but he ought to hire Dombrowski or hire Madden as a GM, hire anybody. Theo decides we don't have the proper approach to hitting. They fired Chili Davis, who went on to... You know, the Mets are hitting pretty damn good, and I think Julius is the best hitting coach. People go, well, hitting coach doesn't make any difference. Yeah, hitting coach makes a difference. Pitching coach makes a difference. Look at Mike Maddox with the Cardinals. Pretty good job with that pitching staff. Larry Rothschild. Hey, what happened to Larry? Well, I went to New York and won a couple World Series and won a few division titles, and then he goes to San Diego. Well, where's San Diego? They set a record, nine pitchers, in one game, and uh, they got the win, a record. So that's Larry Rothschild. Uh, Mel Stottlemyre Jr. with the Marlins. you got to have, you know, the Cubs pitching coach, Hatovi, his big claim to fame, and God love him, and uh, I'm glad he recovered, was he got COVID-19. 
the guy gets drafted for Theo by Theo of the Red Sox, gets a cup of coffee in the major leagues, and that's it. He he's with the Cubs because Theo can tell him what to do. And here's what Theo told everybody: the players didn't like Chili's approach, contact hitting. Come on, what did Charlie Lau know? What did George Brett know? What did Tony Gwynn know? What did Ted Williams know? Uh, you don't need contact hitting. You need launch angle. Yeah, launch angle and exit velocity. The thrill of analytics baseball. Saber metrics. The boys at SMU, my alma mater, who, by the way, beat the Memphis Tiger 30-27 to in a big upset at number 25. How about that? Ghost Stacks was unranked at home during this coronavirus season. They go up 27-3, to three, I think, and then held on to win 30-27 to 27 over the Memphis Tigers, who were ranked 25th. Yeah, yeah, how cool is that? Ghost Stacks. I couldn't name the coach. I know they play at on camp. Anyway, where were we? How did we get from Mel Stottlemyre to the... Uh, SMU Mustangs uh, beating the Memphis Tigers 30-27. to 27. Maybe it's because Global Life Stadium is in Dallas. I don't know. It's actually Arlington. I know, I know, I know. So I think we were on a really interesting subject before I took a, a jump. Oh, yeah, uh, the hitting coach of the Cubs is, uh, for, for three years I've asked people uh, to name the guy. And uh, it's Anthony Laprezi, Laposi, Laduti, whatever. He can't friggin'. No other hitting coach, given the Cubs statistics over the last three years, whatever, still have a job. This guy still has a job. And so Theo goes behind Madden's back, if you'll recall, at the end of the 2017 season, and says, hey, what did you like about this? Well, we don't like the hitting coach. We didn't like Chile. And uh, we need to get rid of Chile, which they did. And, uh, we, you know, Joe never really has a lineup ready for us. He gets to the ballpark late. And so uh, Madden doesn't get a new contract, and he and Theo kind of, you know, they just sort of, uh, they started in the sunset in a camper over the uh, Caribbean Ocean, whatever it is out there, where near where Dwayne Stats, my favorite in the world of broadcasters besides Craig. And uh, anyway, uh, that would be the Gulf of Mexico, if I am correct. Anyway, they were sitting there. They were having some wine. Theo was talking to Joe. Joe was talking to Theo. Joe had about a week to the bag from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, which I think turned out to be a mistake for him. Great for the Rays. And... Uh, the honeymoon was on. They loved each other and won the World Series. God love them. God love Chapman. What a great trade. Clyber Torres and others. I mean, the, the Cubs, and every team goes through this, but the Cubs have gotten rid of some. DJ LeMayhew. Another time, they, they drafted him. They drafted Josh Donaldson. They got rid of uh, uh, Jimenez for Quintana. They got rid of Clyber Torres for Chapman. And, and, okay, they won the World Series. Hoorah. I'm pumped about that. Not bagging on Chapman. That was a good trade. Uh, Quintana, I still like Quintana. I think that was a pretty good deal. But this hitting coach has to go. Theo has to go. Oh, my God. Really? Launch angle? Now, in this day and age, when those balls were juiced, I mean, now maybe only some of the balls were juiced because it seemed like 
the balls that got delivered to certain stadiums, like the Mets, man, they just cranked. Oh, Chili Davis again. Sorry. The uh, some stadiums, the balls were going. Uh, Pittsburgh, the balls were going out pretty good. Wrigley, I don't think they got the shipment of juiced balls. Now, the other thing is, in order for a juiced ball to affect the game, you got to hit it. You got to hit it. The Cubs were 27th out of 30 teams in hitting. The Reds, my team, I, I don't get the Reds at all. They must have had the same hitting coach as the Cubs because Castellanos, Vado, Suarez, um, Winkler, or whatever is that new guy that was pretty good, Musakas. And then you got that, that kid that had the great year last year that didn't do so good, Aquino maybe. I mean, how in the world did the Reds suck like that? And then they got Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, and Castillo. These, I'm going to ask Craig, how in the world did Cincinnati not uh, go further than they did and have a better record than a nearly a subpar 500? And speaking of that, the Astros were below 500. The uh, Cardinals flirted with that, and the Brewers were below 500, and they get in the playoff. And, uh, you know, the cheating champs are on their way. The cheating champs are on their way. And they drew a pretty good, uh, pretty good draw for the cheating champs. They play Oakland. I'd say the Astros have the advantage, uh, and the Rays and the Yankees, man, toss it up. I know the Rays won eight games of the, of the 10 they played this year. And the Rays have great pitching, but, man, don't count out Aaron Boone. Now, that's another thing I want to talk about. So, anyway, in the, back to the RBIs. So, Cards had 16. The Brewers had two. The Cubs have one. The Reds had none. They got shut out both. And one shutout went 17 innings. So, really, they got shut out three games. I know you're going, wait a minute. It was only 2-0. Two, two and oh. Well, they played, uh, God only knows how many shutout innings before finally, finally the Braves scored. Oh, my God. Braves have one good pitcher. They're not going to. They're going to have a tough time getting past the Marlins. It could be the Marlins winning, the Astros winning, the Rays against the Yankees. The Dodgers is the only team that, well, they're playing San Diego. So MLB once again screwed up. The two best games in uh, the, the playoffs, the division series are going to be the Padres-Dodgers game and the Yankees-Rays games. Those are worth watching, man. It's going to be fun. The Padres have no pitching. How are they going to do it? Don't know. But I think that at some point, uh, the, the Padres don't have a prayer. I mean, I'm sorry, man, because one of the show's big fans is the reason that I've been into, into the, I even sort of like Machado. I mean, Tatis. These guys are what Caribbean baseball is. They're jumping and dancing and hooting and hollering, and God love them. Why not? Who cares? It's uh, entertainment for the COVID-19. And uh, so you've got, you've got all that stuff going on. Um, let's talk a little bit about the um, broadcasters. Now, for the life of me, I have no idea why MLB goes to disinterested, washed-up, crappy announcers and pretty much crummy baseball guys that are in there for their name. And uh, it, it, it defies logic. Now, they pay $2 billion for the right to put on the playoffs. I get it. 
If you want to go with Ernie Johnson, Brian Anderson, Rick Sutcliffe, Chipper Jones, go ahead. I guess they're they're right. But if you and, and the contrast, if you listen, if you have MLB. Um, Dot com, I guess it is. If you pay, I paid fifty bucks this year, and you get it. They have the audio. Uh, the blackout of the of the uh, games is only for the video feed, not the audio. And the audio is with each. You can get e- either one of the teams' broadcasters. So, for example, for radio. Um, you could get Bob Euchre for the Brewers games. And you could get Pat Hughes for the Cub games. And on and on and on. But the television guys, the television guys are just like, "Eh, good season, see you next year, have a good time, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy it. I talked to to Dwayne Stats, who is still my favorite play-by-play guy, and he's on TV. He uh, he's done. He's home sipping wine, watching the clouds again. Uh, we did a podcast. He gave a great play-by-play about birds and clouds. And I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him on another podcast here before the uh, uh, World Series and uh, see if we can't talk a little baseball. And I know that uh, we're going to get Craig uh, Kashan to uh, join in here. And I think that. Um, Tomorrow uh, is going to be the day with Craig Kishon. So that'll get posted in a couple days. Uh, my production crew is hard at work waiting for Papa Kino's to open up. So we have our first live gig at Papa Kino's, man. It's going to be jumping. I can't wait. I'll have a mask on, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, oh, God, maybe I'll sit outside. Um, they do have some outdoor dining. It's not going to be as festive if I'm outside doing the lighter side of baseball, talking about Papa Kino's pizza, and everybody else is inside jamming. It's going to be jamming. Uh, Papa Kino, my buddy Chris, it's going to be hopping. I can't wait. It really is. And uh, it'll be crowded, even if just our golf buddies get out there. So that'll be fun. Uh, anyway, and Craig will be on tomorrow, and that's going to be fun. So that will be a, a good time. Um, there's so many good broadcasters out there. I don't get why uh, I, they don't have them on. They could have one from each team. And, uh, you know, the, the home guy for the Dodgers uh, does the first three innings, and then the home guy for the Padres does the middle three innings, and then I don't know. But it, it's it's – not just bad, it's miserable. And then they have three teamed up on a few of these. ESPN's the worst. I mean, I haven't heard TBS, but I will today. And I'm sure, God, is it really going to be Ernie Johnson again? Maybe he's busy with the NBA. I don't know. But I do hear it's going to be Brian Anderson uh, of the Milwaukee Brewers. So that, that out of all the people they could employ that are great broadcasters uh, on their home team televisions, it ain't, I don't think. That's just my opinion. It's not shared by anyone else on this show. So underline that. I'm the only one that thinks that um, about BA. But I do think that it would spice up the broadcast. Apparently they don't care. 
They definitely don't care what the lighter side of baseball thinks about them. They definitely don't care what you think about them. They're going to go. I mean, um, there was a time when Jessica Mendoza, who knows a lot about baseball, was really, really good when she was teamed with the right person, and that worked. And it was when the, you know, and in fairness to all of them, those guys aren't in the stadium. They're wherever they are, and they're not even together. So in fairness to them, it's, it's pretty tough to do a duet or a triplet without being near those people. And in the case of ESPN, they had Jessica, and uh, she was somewhere with a bad mic. You, she, you know, she's not easy to listen to uh, because of her voice doesn't really transmit very well, but it was really bad. And then you had Sut, who's funny, Sort of. He thinks he's fine. I like Sutcliffe. He's a good guy. Kansas City guy. Independence, Missouri. Let's hear it for Indy. And uh, what a great pitcher for a lot of different teams. And a good guy. An all-around good guy and a fun-loving guy. Um, and, and probably out of all the, the guys besides Smoltz, um, he's, he's pretty good. But again, you got to get teamed with the right guy. Uh, and whoever they were teamed with, and that guy's around a lot, he's terrible. I mean, he's terrible. And uh, then the guy that does it with A-Rod, A-Rod is, you know, some guys get better with age, like fine wine. A-Rod gets worse, man. I think he starts, it's kind of like Coomer with the Cubs. He was bad when he started out with Hughes, and Pat would throw him softball after softball, trying to get him to talk. And, and, and the the classic exchange occurs with two strikes with the Cubs. I mean, you can bank on it. You can write it down and wait till next spring training. Well, Ron, two and two to the batter. What do you think he's going to throw this time? Really? He's going to throw a slider down. He's going to throw a cutter. You know, top of the strike zone is working pretty good with a umpire. Oh, my God. Um, So bad. Now, you can be bad, like Santo was bad and funny and loved by all. Who wouldn't love Santo? Uh, when I went to Cubs Fantasy Camp, which was a fantasy, uh, Santo was there, and what a great guy. Good guy. God love him. Um, the good guys are gone. Good guys are gone. Speaking of that, here we are again. We've talked about a few of the guys that I call the flannel era, the last time the flannel era was around with the guys wearing flannel uniforms. I can remember Ted Williams in a bag. Of course, Ted, you know, Wade X when he played and when he managed and fished and talked and ended up near the end of his life, Ted was four times what he was. He was no longer the splendid splinter. He was the splendid Mack truck. The dude was so big, but great hitter, great picture of Nelly and Ted. Uh, on the bench, Nelly giving Ted a little philosophy on hitting, I'm sure. I mean, what does Ted know about hitting? Anyway, what were we talking about? Were we talking about broadcasters, or were we talking about um, that era of guys like Lou Brock who passed away? And we were getting to perhaps um, the greatest pitcher uh, of all, one of the greatest right-handed pitchers of all time. Now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when we were talking about 
the greatest hitter, right-handed pitcher of all time, passing away. We were talking about none other than Tom Seaver, who was one of the greats. And now you've got Bob Gibson at the age of 84 passing away this week. And so both Seaver and Gibson were two of the best right-handed pitchers that I had absolutely front row seats to watch. And we've talked a lot about Gibson when we talk about the cheating champs. It wouldn't happen with Gibson. It would never happen with Gibson or Early Wynn or Carlton or any of those guys. Carlton was the only lefty of those four people, but you get the drift. Gibson would have thrown it at your head. And back then, they didn't even... Some, some of Gibson's career, they had no helmets. Then they went, if you remember, if you're old as me, they went to helmet liners. So they had their helmet, and then they put this little plastic thing in there that really only covered a little bit of your 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 head. Then they went to batting helmets that didn't have ear flaps, and they went to ear flaps, and now they're cool. Now they're like... Man, I mean, you could go to you could go to the space station and walk around in these things. They're awesome. Now you might need some oxygen, but the batting helmets now are really pretty pretty cool looking. And uh, you know that that has been a good thing because it's it's much more difficult to get bean. But they don't throw at you. I mean, when they, when they do throw at you, it's very lame. They throw at your rib or your butt or your shoulder, and Twice this year, Contreras gets hit and he doesn't get a base. And then this bozo with the Marlins uh, hits him once. This was funny. Okay. Now, not funny if you're Contreras, but this was kind of a funny incident. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm trying to find something funny in the playoffs to talk about. It seems like the grumpy side of baseball a lot, doesn't it? Anyway, so Contreras gets hit. You know, again, it's a cutter. Uh, a two-seamer, it backs up into his shoulder, and this lame umpire, who had a horrible strike zone, goes, uh, no, 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 you didn't try to get out of the way, and you moved your arm into the ball. So you don't get first base. Now, that was a lame, frigging uh, ruling by that umpire. And, you know, you're not supposed to argue, so Rossi really didn't argue much, and uh, that was the way it, uh, that's the way it is. So he gets back in the batter's box. Two pitches later, he gets drilled again with the same pitch. Now, Contreras, man, he was he took some mean pills this year in the offseason because when when the season started, he was out of control. And, you know, did he cost the Cubs the playoff game? Probably. Bad base running. Um, Hayward. If you're watching, I don't care. I mean, if you're a little leaguer, you take a secondary lead. And, and a cautious lead after the first or second step so that you can see the ball. Well, Hayward gets a hit, broken bat, and, and you can see that it's not going to get caught. He had a perfect view for it. And instead of getting a jump on running, he's... Stopped dead in his tracks. Now, you know, the play before, he had gotten back because of a line drive, and he didn't get doubled up, and that was good. And uh, so this time, he gets a slow jump at second and gets thrown out of the plate, which how many guys are going to get thrown out of the plate? Not many, 
but bad base running hurt. And Contreras, man, is bat flip. You know, some of the younger fans of the show think that's cool. I don't. But some of the younger fans think that's cool. Did I say I don't? I did. Anyway, so back to Bob Gibson, man. Um, I had the privilege and honor to meet him in Omaha when when we had the Omaha Royals. Our general manager um, didn't have anything better to do with me that day than to take me over to Gibson's Bar 10 in the morning. And um, I think the GM had a pop or two, but... I did not, but I did have the honor of talking to Gibby for about an hour. What a nice man. Got an autographed baseball, uh, sat around with him talking, and, um, you know, that was a non-Nelly opportunity to meet people, and that that didn't happen much. Most of my contacts were through, uh, God love him, David Earl. So a David Earl meet a person, two stories, uh, both in Chicago. So I'm with my derelict buddies from high school, and I won't name them, but anybody that listens to this show that's from high school knows who I'm talking about. And after the game, we hook up with Nelly, and of course Nelly wants to have a little wine and a steak, so we go 10 o'clock at night over to the Capitol Grill in downtown Chicago, and who's sitting at the um, bar Uh, and starts talking with Dave was Lou Brock and uh, so I'm with some some of my buddies may not be termed progressive liberal forward thinking human beings and I'm sitting there just dreading what a couple drinks could do to their conversation with Brock but to their credit everything was above board we didn't bother Lou that long, and uh, a few of my buddies were fascinated by the depth of the conversation about base running. And so here you got Nelly, who was one of the all-time great base stealers in, in baseball. Uh, you know, he wasn't Campaneras, and he wasn't Brock, and he wasn't Wills, but he was right up there, um, you know, with, uh, with those guys. Campaneras finished second. I talked about the Greyhound Award. And... Uh, Anyway, so Nellie and Brock get into this lengthy, friendly, fun conversation about base running that uh, one of my buddies was a student of the game, and he just thought this was the greatest thing in the world. Um, Another meeting in Chicago, uh, we go to a Melman restaurant. Dave loved Melman. Let us entertain you. Not a sponsor. Hello, uh, Rich. We could use you or your kids to... Come on board, Lighter Side of Baseball, to be a sponsor, uh, or Portillo's, or anybody, <laughs> really, anybody would be a great sponsor. So I could at least read some cards like Len uh, Casper does, and this game, is this thing is brought to you by whoever. How stupid is that? Every, every inning now has a sponsor. How can we make money? Anyway, uh, so the... The second place we go to, I almost forgot where we were. I digressed on my digression. So we get into this restaurant. I think it was, I can't remember the name of it. I can never remember the name of this one Melman restaurant. Anyway, who's there at a table but Henry, Aaron, and his wife. And oh my God, did I want to take the two opposite, the two empty chairs 
and sit down with Nelly or anybody and bother Hank till the cows came home. But in times like this, Nelly would grab onto me and threaten not to be nice if I went over and bothered Hank for anything other than to tag along with Dave when he said hello to Henry. And, uh, you know, they became good friends in Milwaukee. And I have a game-used bat by Hank. And I've got another bat that Hank signed for me. And I've got a lot of Hank Aaron stuff. And it's pretty cool. So anyway, those were the two sightings pretty close to each other. Lou Brock, Hank Aaron, Dave Nelson. What a trio. How, how much better does it get? So that's, uh, that's the... I guess the obituary part of this broadcast with the uh, uh, sympathies going out to Bob Gibson and his family. Gibby, man, probably the best right-handed pitcher that I ever saw, and that included Seaver, an early win, and um, Herb Score, on and on and on. A bunch of great players. So, where does that leave us on the lighter side of sport? On the lighter side of baseball, I keep wanting to change the name of the program. I can't. Only one guy out in California really catches me when I say the lighter side of something other than baseball. But there's one other thing I want to talk about. When we come off a break, we'll get into that. And it really is a pet peeve of mine. And apparently it's drawing uh, some attention from other people. So on the lighter side of baseball, on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and my, if you can find my Facebook page, more power to you, I can't. Uh, they all carry the lighter side of baseball. And you can uh, comment on my Twitter account, which I think is hashtag lighter side of BB. Uh, my daughter set that up and I don't really know what the handle is. And then I have a, I have, um, what's that other thing besides Facebook and, and uh, Twitter? Um, Instagram, I got that. I have no idea how to reach me on that. But if you want to, you can try uh, commenting on uh, hashtag lighter side of BB and you can uh, join in a little bit of uh, commentary on these podcasts, of which we've done a lot. We're way over 100, but let's take a break. Here's some good music, and I'll be back in just a few minutes. there was some music uh, some of the time uh, there's no music between the uh, break just music at the end good music in fact you know if we had more music and less talk on this show I'd probably find a sponsor somebody that would want to pay to uh, hear good music that Tyler my production manager uh, puts on so anyway you know we're going to wrap this show up in a little bit and then we're going to be back tomorrow with uh, Craig Kashan. Uh, who did the last four out of the last five Brewer games before the playoffs, play-by-play. And uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming uh, playoffs and get our predictions. That's going to be fun. I know who I'm going to pick. And uh, it's not the Reds. Oh, the Reds lose. My God. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Two things. I want to talk a little bit about some of the father-son combinations in Major League Baseball that have resulted in uh, good managers. And, and one happens to be the uh, 
manager of the Cincinnati Reds, David Bell, whose father, Buddy Bell, and whose grandfather, Gus Bell, all had uh, lots of major league contacts. And, uh, you know, there's one degree of separation with most of the people I mentioned, and that is a degree with David Earl Nelson. Buddy Bell, another guy. God, what a good guy. There, You know, they're... they're there are a lot of good guys in baseball, I'm sure. Way, 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 way more uh, good guys than bad guys. And I had the benefit and honor and thrills of meeting a lot of these guys uh, with Dave. And uh, great memories. So Dave and Buddy Bell man, uh, coached together uh, with Cleveland Indians. And as a result... Uh, and because of some of my good friends happening to belong to fancy golf clubs, uh, we played golf with uh, Tom Hamilton and Buddy Bell and Mike Hargrove and um, Mike Hegan, who has the American League record still of most assists, no, most putouts. He's a first baseman for the Yankees. Uh, may he rest in peace. What a good guy uh, Hegan was. Um, you know, Hargrove uh, and Nelly didn't always have a great relationship, and that was unfortunate. But, uh, you know, one of the three guys that fired Nelly right there with uh, Ned Yost. <laughs> uh, we, uh, that's a whole other story, Ned Yost. And then uh, Tony Larissa, T-Bone. Uh, T-Bone, man. You know, what happened to the committee to speed up the game? But anyway, uh, we'll talk about that. I think I did talk about that. So stay on point. Stay on point. Focus. Let's focus. Okay. So Buddy Bell, son David Bell, is a pretty damn good coach with uh, Cincinnati. So having said that, he'll probably be fired in the offseason. And, um, you know, Aaron Boone, man, oh, man, you can't argue with that guy. Um, not only is it knowledgeable, not only was he a great player, but the dude's fiery. I love that. I mean, he got tossed a few times, and uh, I love that. I mean, why don't managers fight anymore? A lot of this is, is is because of the replay rules, and if you question the result of a replay, boom, you're gone. But still, come on out. Give us a little Lou Pinella. Kick the plate, throw some dirt on there. You know, Donaldson, that's another funny point. There, there are a few funny deals. I don't know if anybody else saw this. I'm sure you did. But this was funny. Donaldson gets into it with, um, I don't know who the crummy umpire. There are three or four umpires that are just Joe West bad. And um, so anyway, there, there's just a few guys that are, are pathetic. And I, I don't even know if this, but it was a White Sox game. And Donaldson gets into it over a few of the calls that um, had been made during the game. And then he hits a home run at the same at-bat that he's having this heated discussion with the, with the uh, home plate umpire. And on his way by home plate, he, not, he says something to the umpire. And one can only imagine what he would have said after he hit a home run. He would have been happy as team should be happy he's helping his team out and he said something wrong to the umpire because he got thrown out of the game and instead of just throwing his helmet down and getting in an argument 
He does the Earl Weaver pile up dirt on home plate. I loved it. You don't see that much anymore. With Pinella gone and Weaver gone and Billy Martin gone, these guys are boring. It's like the games. And, and like I said, they had a committee to check how they could speed up the game. Well, I got a way. To put a pitch clock out there, man, like the 20-second shot clock. You know, it, it used to seem like in the NBA or college that those shot clocks, oh, my God, it's going to be going off all the time because there's just not enough time to bring the ball over the line and, and get a play going and then shoot. They get it in. That The buzzer goes off rarely in both the NBA and NCAA basketball, and they're not the same amount of time. I can't remember what the time clocks are. But if you employed that in Major League Baseball, which they should do, they don't give a damn if the game goes four hours. They really don't. More commercials, more money. Hoo-ha. Especially if there's no fans there, I guess. What's, what's the hurry? Why do we need to speed this along? But the new thing... I saw this against the, the Brewers against the Cubs, uh, and now everybody's doing it. They prove what great balance they have, and I think they balk because nobody can. They, they stretch, look at the batter, and then wait 25 seconds to throw. It's amazing. And there's a few guys in the playoffs. I don't remember what team they are. But if they ain't balking, they're not pitching. I mean, they come to a set position and they move a little bit. It's weird. There's some weird stuff. And now everybody's thrown out of the stretch. A lot of starters like Darvish, who should get to Cy Young, never wind up. Anyway, we were talking about Boone. We were talking about Bell. We were talking about the generations of good managers. And uh, that's very cool. But I've always been opposed to robotic umpire calls. But, you know, the the besides broadcasters, the shift, which I'll, I'll get back to the broadcasters. No, I'll get back to the robo calls. The shift. Now, I'm not a big believer in analytics. Not really a Billy Ripken fan. He had a, a little slide up today that had three players. And he had the number of plate appearances each one's had the number of plate appearances with the shift and his batting average without the shift and the batting average with the shift. And the only one I really remember is Rizzo. Rizzo has a better batting average when the shift is employed than when it's not. Ha! So what does that tell you? They don't. You can't. I'm telling you, analytics suck. You cannot predict where the ball's going to go unless the pitcher can throw it exactly where he wants to throw it all the time. Now, tell that to Kyle Schwarber, who friggin' grounds out to center field every couple of days. Right field. Anyway, what we were getting at for the last po- the last boring subject, and this really is not sexy. You know, there's some things in baseball that are sexy. Juice balls, sexy. Crappy umpires, sexy. Bad broadcasters, sexy. Time of the game, sexy. Pitchers waiting around, you know, okay. Framing. The new thing is how to dupe the umpire. And it's been coming on. The Cubs even brought in a guy to help Contreras frame. And um, it's a joke. It's fraud. I know baseball's baseball. But I mean, number one, they frame every pitch, which is bad. Number two, the umpires are so stupid they get fooled by it. It's like, dude, the ball comes in here, the catcher moves it to the middle of the plate, and you go, strike. 
We, I hate to say it, but I think electronic umpiring is going to be here within three years. So there you have it. We've talked about the Fall Frenzy, a.k.a. the wild card uh, division race, the, the wild card race. Uh, we talked about how the Central Division sucked. We talked about how my predictions sucked. Picking the Reds. Ah, man, I fell in love with the Reds next year. Um, 162 games. Get that season in. Get a deal. You know, we need a player contract with the MLB. Talked about broadcasters, and we talked about Craig Kishan being on the show tomorrow. So what better way to head out of town, to put on a little music, and to enjoy the lighter side of baseball fading out until tomorrow is to say to you, be safe, be smart. If you're hitting the ball today on the, on the uh, golf courses, stripe it down the middle, and uh, we will talk to you on the lighter side of baseball in a day or two on, again, Spotify, iTunes. You're probably getting tired of hearing me say that. Are you anybody getting tired of the opening song? Do I need to change that opening song? Chicago, Chicago, the I love it. You know, it's not going to change. Now, the rest of the music changes all the time, and I'm going to say to Tyler, give us a little music at the break. You know, maybe I ought to tell him where the break comes, because you never know with me where that break will be. But give me a break. We'll be talking about the playoffs tomorrow. It's down to eight teams. In five, six days, it'll be down to four teams. And then it'll be down to the first World Series game played on a neutral site. Big deal. No fans. Now, before we go, I did hear there are going to be fans of the World Series. Yeah. Boy, would I be pissed if I had season tickets to who's ever in the World Series, and I don't get to go. Let's say the Dodgers play the Rays. Uh, and the season ticket holders that are going to get priority are the Texas team, the Arlington Rangers or whatever they're called. Not fair. Just another botched deal by Mighty Manfred, the Wonder Commissioner. Anyway, I love that. So, for Jamie Rutsky on the lighter side of baseball, we hope you have a good day, and we will catch you later. Mm-hmm.